you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football. We are live in New York City. It's Monday, July 10th. My name is Jane Slater alongside Cameron Wolf. We've got Ryan Leaf, and let's give a big round of applause. We got Falcons Pro Bowl defensive lineman. Welcome to the breakfast table. I feel kind of bad that the normal cast of characters isn't here to welcome you in. How you feeling about today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, but you don't got to feel bad. I'm, I'm with you today, so yeah. it's all good. It's I all love good. that. Let's have uh, a good time. We'll start with the lead block, folks. Lead block. Lead block. Ryan's <laughs> you. exactly where we're going there. All right, and that is how the Buccaneers and the entire NFL said goodbye to Tom Brady's playing career. I was there, folks. It was a rough one. And a 31-14 wildcard loss to the Dallas Cowboys. So is Tampa Bay in rebuilding mode with the Goats' departure? Not according to Bucks cornerback Carlton Davis, who told Tyler Dunn from the Go Long website the following, saying, quote, we're about to do it to him. Anybody who feels we've lost Tom and lost something is going to be in for a rude awakening. Tom was a great addition for us, but obviously it's a team sport. You need components to be successful. We still have those components, and I'm only getting better. He adds, we're going to wreck stuff. Interceptions, turnovers, plays will be made. I will say plays will be made. And our division is worse than what it was before. So we run through the division, get to the playoffs, run through the playoffs, and it's the Super Bowl. All right, Carlton Davis has got the whole playbook, it seems. Uh, Some strong post-Tom Brady NFC South opinions. Grady, I love that you're here to weigh in on this one. Uh, Your thoughts on Davis's take. What are your expectations for the NFC South without the GOAT in the division? You know, after listening to that, I think 
he was trying to really convince himself more than anybody else, <laughs> anybody else at this table about um, the importance of having Tom Brady on your team. But um, with that being said, man, I think the division is wide open. It's gonna be, I think it's going to be a very competitive division. I think it's going to be a very good division. So all in all, we do have some new quarterbacks. Um, you know, us, we have a new quarterback. Panthers drafted um, Bryce Young overall. Uh, we got uh, Derek Carr now and uh, not sure what the Bucks going to do. But they got two guys that they can choose from that's gonna, that could do a good job for them. So I think it's going to be a super, super competitive division. But, uh, you know, my bet is always on my on my, on my my boys, man. So I'm excited to um, go to work and, um, you know, try to come out on top. As it should be. Cam, what are your thoughts when you look at this division? So I hate to call NFL players wrong, but I think Carlson Davis is wrong. I think the NFC South will be a lot better this year. Only three times since the 1960s have we seen a division have teams with all losing records and all negative point differentials. That's what the NFC South did last year. This year, this teams, these teams improved significantly. You look at the Atlanta Falcons, where you are, they finally had money to spend. Yeah. And so Terry Fontenot, Art Smith went aggressive in free agency, added Jesse Bates. You had a Calais Campbell to team up with you down low. Yep. You get a B. John Robinson in the draft. I think that Falcons team is going to be exciting to watch. And then up in Carolina, they got a Bryce Young. And so you've got another quarterback in the mix there. Tom Brady's no longer there. Bryce Young might be the quarterback of this division, quote-unquote. And so the Bucks, he's got to say this because they need something to, to latch on to. They need a new identity. Yeah. Tom Brady had been their identity for two or three years, and so this Bucks team is trying to figure out how to hold on. To me, when I think this is all over, I spent time in Carolina, I spent time in Atlanta. I know the odds have the Saints as the favorite. I think the division's going to come down to you, your team, Grady, the Falcons, mm -hmm. and this Panthers team we see right now on screen. Oh, yeah. Ryan, I love that you're here to sort of weigh on this. You know, we talked about who he thinks is going to emerge as the quarterback in the division. There are so many changing faces. Who stands out to you right now? I know it's so early when we start talking about these things. We're not even at training yeah. camp. But what stands out to you right now? Well, for me, I, I think I agree with, with both the gentlemen here that this division is going to be much more difficult than, than people imagine. You, you just don't have that repeat. And when you have a division that struggles a little bit, and I didn't really take a look at this until I looked at all the schedules. The schedules for the NFC South really are opportunistic for these teams. And so for me, Derek Carr is a difference maker. He's a difference making variable for me in terms of never being able to play with a top 10 defense. He gets that in New Orleans immediately. And what he's been able to do, I don't think has been truly respected and, and enjoyed because of the, the bad teams in Las Vegas and his time in, in Oakland. So I'm excited to see that. I think Atlanta steps up to the table. I think defensively, I think both those two teams, the Saints and Atlanta, get to double figures in the win column, and, and they're both walking into the playoffs at the end of the next fall. I love so much that you talk about Carr not getting the respect. And, you know, I look at him. He's now going to a team that has continuity on the coaching staff. That's something that he's severely been lacking in Vegas. And then I just look at some of the pieces around him. I mean, I think anytime you've got a team with Cam Jordan, you know this very well playing in this division, yep. he gives you the veteran leadership that you need in there. And then I just the way that Jameis Winston is sort of bought in, they also need a little bit of levity there. And getting Jamal Williams. <laughs> I don't know what Jamal's going to do. I love what we saw from him in Detroit last year. But I think that... I love their makeup and the continuity that they've been able to have, even with some of the disruptions, obviously losing Sean Payton. Yeah. Uh, but Derek Carr, I was able to watch this firsthand when we saw them play in Dallas against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Derek Carr is an incredible quarterback who I think still has a lot of left in his tank. I think the big question for me, and this could be very interesting, what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara? Mm -hmm. We haven't heard a lot about what's going on with him, and I think he's a big part of that offense. There is a free agent out there in Ezekiel Elliott. The Saints, and I'm not, I know this is offseason. I said this to, the, to, to a couple of people. I said, I'm not trying to give people headlines right now. 
because people are looking for him. Right. I'm not saying that I know anything about Ezekiel Elliott going to the Saints. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is, if you start getting closer to camp, because that's when we start hearing about the suspensions, if something were to come out in that case and they were to go pick up someone like Ezekiel Elliott, mm -hmm. then I think that could be a very dangerous team in the NFC South. Yeah, that, that adds a lot more juice, and it's fun. And to be honest, I like what Carlton Davis said here because it is oh, July. Yeah. You know, this is fun. I, I remember when the NFC South, you had these rivalries. You had the trash talk. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was exciting every week, and so I, I like this element. I love what you said about Derek Carr, Ryan. Let's not forget how it ended for him with the Raiders. Mm -hmm. I, I remember interviewing him at the Pro Bowl, and you could see it in his eyes. He said, I got a new fire now. You know, they benched him. He's essentially feel like he's discarded, so he has a redemption. You're out there in Atlanta. You know publicly people don't believe in your quarterback a lot. Yeah. They're saying, hey, Desmond Ritter, who is that? Yeah. He's got they something to out. prove, right? They go yeah. Find out. I want to hear more about that. And so Carolina, they've got a rookie. A lot of times your rookie quarterback's not ready. I talk to people down there. They think they can win the NFC South in year one. And then you got the Bucks, who are the team who did it. And so I think this division could quietly be a little bit more exciting than people are giving it credit for. How energized was your locker room when B. John Robinson was announced to Atlanta? Because I think that was a little bit of a wild card. I don't know if a lot of people, as I remember it, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Cam, I don't feel like a lot of people necessarily mocked Bijan going to the Falcons. No, because the Falcons were a top five right. rushing yeah, offense, and, and everybody was like, oh, well, you get one of your needs. Mm -hmm. Well, Arthur Smith's like, I got another toy to play yeah, with. Yeah, whatever. And, like you said, I mean, it's like, like another toy. He's an offensive weapon, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a great running back, but, I mean, he's a great receiver as well. So I'm excited to see how they use him, too, you know, just being in the offseason program, you see a little bit, but uh, I'm sure they got a plan for him to be choosing that high and then have the pieces we already had on offense. He, I mean, he, he was a talent you can't pass up on, so I'm super excited to have him on our team. Grady, just piggybacking off that, you mentioned the offseason. Have you seen anything in him that surprised you so yeah, far in I camp? Being in the league now, going on nine years, you can see when certain guys are just different, just athletically, you know, certain, you know, we can all work hard to be, you know, as best, as good as we can be. There's some things you're just born with, man. You know, some things, just the natural movement skills. Um, I think just uh, his persona, just as a person, is going to be somebody to just add to our locker room. And uh, But, you know, certain people got that got that it factor. And um, I feel like all the way around, even if you just look at the kid, man, he looked like a superstar, man. You know what I'm saying? The uh, running back position has been so devalued in terms mm -hmm. of the marketplace. But as players we know how important they are to the game. Yeah. Saquon Barkley may be the most important piece to the New York Giants. Yeah, no, without a doubt. But no one's going to pay him the money that he probably deserves because of what the market has done. So when Bijan goes that high, right. you know what kind of impact player he's going to be, and you know you now have him on a, on a rookie contract. And because of that, and because of the market going down the way it is, you could actually get to a place where you have him for seven years as a very competitive football player and not have to pay him a lot of money. And that's something that's going to have to change for running backs out there. Or it's going to be this type of situation. But getting him like that to add to the weapons, I think offensively you guys going to be pretty special this yeah, year. Yeah, man, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you. I'm like a fan of fan waiting, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, it's got to be it great. Help, with help what us a, as defensive players, you know? Yeah, with Arthur Smith and what he likes to do, and that's run the football, yeah. run play action, allows you guys to maybe get more of a breather on the sideline, to be yeah. more energized when you get that out there on defense. What's it like playing for him in the way he approaches a game plan for a defensive tackle who who needs that time and needs that opportunity to be energized? Yeah, man, it's a great plan for him. It's definitely a great plan for him. And this will be our third year um, working together. And uh, But with him, the mindset, he want to dominate the line of scrimmage, you yeah. know, offensive line, defensive line. And you can see what we did in the offseason, added some pieces to the defensive line, which I'm really excited about. And then our offensive line, I mean, they've just been getting better year in and year out. 
We just paid Chris Lindstrom, deservedly so, one of the um, top paid guards in the league and um, great leader for them. Jake Matthews been the only guy on the team longer than me, so he's been a stalwart. So, I mean, they gonna, we're going to be the, the really the anchors of this team, want to be up front, you know, and that's what Coach is preaching to us, and, um, and uh, you got to take pride in it, especially being a lineman. I want this for you. I want this for Terry Fontenot. I know that it's been a little bit of a challenging time in Atlanta, so I'm excited, and you feel a little energized, oh, yeah. too. So oh, yeah. Falcon fans have something to be excited about. And to, to Cam's point, th that's what you want to hear from, from anybody yeah. Yeah. going into a season. You want to hear that kind of talk, like, hey, one of the greatest of all time has gone, but don't start counting us out. We're going right. to go at it. You know, there may be some delusions that you are, you know, when you're looking in the mirror at some point, but that's yeah. what you want, and that's what you want to hear from your teammates heading into a new season. Division's up for the taking. Yep. It's going to be go. fun. Watch. That's exciting. All right, well, still to come on Good Morning Football, which defensive lineman does Grady Jarrett think deserves more credit? We've got him here, so let's pick his brain. Plus, Patrick Mahomes is a walking highlight reel, but which players will, could give him a run for his money in 2023? Monday's MASH MASH is next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. It's a Monday, and there's always a slew of topics to discuss from the weekend, so it's time to put them together in another edition of Monday Mish Mash. All right, new Chiefs linebacker Drew Tranquil is enjoying his time watching Patrick Mahomes make the highlight throws we've all grown accustomed to. He told reporters, quote, those throws aren't just one-off things that he makes in a big-time game. He seems to make those throws every day in practice. All right, so this is where I ask the breakfast table, which player are you most excited this season to add more of those mind-bending plays to their highlight reel. And we're going to start this one off with Cameron. So we always talk about quarterbacks in the show. And so I'm going to go to a wide receiver. Down there in Miami, I watch an exciting offense. And a lot of time, the attention goes to Tyreek Kill. I'm going to highlight the other guy, Jalen Waddle, who was the NFL's leader in yards per reception last year. And every time you saw him make a big play, you also saw him in his, in his touchdown celebration with the best touchdown celebration in the league in the waddle 
and the fans there chew it up. They were there in 90-degree weather with the penguin fits. Now, Jalen Waddle has told me he's getting stronger this offseason. He's getting faster. Uh, he's getting better. And you look at his numbers last year, first in yards per reception, tied for third in 40-plus-yard 40, 40 reception, sixth in 28-plus-yard receptions, and seventh in reception yards. That's in the offense with Tyreek Hill. He is a complete big play threat for, for Tua Tungavailoa. And if Tua is healthy, this could be one of the most exciting offenses in the league. And don't sleep on Jalen Waddle. He's not a number two. He's just a number one A. Do you have a Wolf Waddle hybrid that you've put together? I do not. I, I let Jalen do the Waddle. Because uh. if you mess it up, you mess it up, you mess it up. Like, well, I've seen a lot of people. The do, it's like the gritty. The yeah. yeah, it's like the gritty, right? If you can't do it, don't do it. I can't do, do the Waddle, so yeah. I'm going to let Jalen have it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ryan Leaf. I'm going back to the uh, NFC South. Derek Carr, for me, is one of the most fascinating stories out there. He was not the problem in Las Vegas. He never was. Did it, it uh, run its course? Were people sick and tired of just the way things went? Okay, I get it. The way they treated him. But I do think this guy can be a difference maker. He's never had a top 10 defense in his career. He's got one of the most significant records in comeback wins than any other quarterback out there. Watch if he doesn't have to do that. Watch if he gets a lead and allows this top 10 defense to actually get some stops and him just to kind of walk through the fourth quarter, maybe take a kneel down at one time. I don't know if he knows what that looks like anymore, but we're about to find out. I don't think he's going to be a highlight reel like Patrick Mahomes by any stretch, but I do think with the weapons that he has, when Alvin Kamara comes back most likely from the suspension, I think this team is going to be very, very difficult to deal with, and Derek Carr is a, a divisional variable difference maker in that division. And I think it's going to be, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised what this season looks like for the Saints and for Derek Carr in particular. What about you? Obviously, you know, being in the NFC South, I'm going to stay in the NFC South with it too. But for me, I'm going to go Drake London. Oh, yeah. Oh, let's go. Tell us about it. Talk about the Falcons. You know, we run the ball, we run the ball, we draft the running back. Um, We do this, we do that. But let me tell you something. I watch this dude work, you know, day in and day out, and I think it's his time to shine. You know, and uh, him and uh, Desmond already got a great rapport. Um, so I'm excited to see Drake London take this next step. You know, you know, big Drake, man. We're going up top. You know how we say, man. So uh, <laughs> so I'm excited to see him. Man. He's a super tough dude, but he's super, he's, I mean, super likable guy. But at the end of the day, he's a dog competitor. And uh, I think Drake London is going to surprise a lot of people. I love that you said that, Grady, because you're there every day. I only yeah. spent a couple days there in camp, and I can already tell the difference of how Drake walks around. Like yeah. He's no longer a rookie. Mm-hmm. He's taking control of that unit. He told me, I just had an up-and-down okay year where he set a rookie reception record for the yeah. Falcons, right? Yeah. No, and so expectations of he, he's a, a top breakout candidate, and I love that. Now I feel even more convicted yeah. that you said that, Grady, and uh, you might surprise some people yeah, with sure. Desmond Ritter and that connection. You look at their numbers last year, second half or the last four games, of last year when Desmond Ritter was throwing the ball to Drake London. His numbers doubled from mm-hmm. what he was doing previously on a game-to-game basis. And so, Well, I, I covered him in college and the catch radius that he has. Oh, yeah. And once Desmond figures that out, like, hey, you know, if I put the ball anywhere near this guy, he's going to go up and make a catch for me, whether it's contested or not. And then you add that with Kyle Pitts, who's yep. just this hybrid, same type of receiver, but you put him inside and get matchup problems. Desmond Ritter is going to be sitting there, you know, kind of thinking his lucky stars that he's got all these weapons now, and then you add B. John Robinson to the mindset of what Arthur Smith. I really like what the Atlanta Falcons brings to the table. 
uh, in this division. It's going to be fun to watch and see how it plays out. What that's telling me is that you should have bumped Drake London up in your fantasy rankings, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before we get to the next one, I'm just going to throw in real quick. I think for me, I'm going to do a quick little one-two punch. I'm very curious to see what Lamar Jackson and OBJ do next season. Oh, yeah. I think it's because Baltimore sort of went in those smaller markets. We overlook them. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about them. But two guys who basically had either front offices or the fans discount what they're capable of. And I think those two and their mentality together could be very sneaky scary. Yeah, no, they're going to be tough. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to watch. All right, the 2023 Wimbledon Championships have been going down over the last week, and it still remains a bucket list item for any tennis fan. Let's take things to football, though, because we are a football show. What stadium do you guys think should be on an NFL fan's bucket list? Cameron, we so get I'm, to go travel to a bunch of stadiums. Absolutely. Which one stands out for you? So I'm going to go a little bit different here. A lot of times people go with the nostalgia of Lambeau or, or Soldier Field. I'm going to go with Arrowhead Stadium. Oh, no. Um, and I, I know you don't want to hear this, Ryan, but Arrowhead, <laughs> the fans there, the crowd there, it is a different animal. I was just there for a playoff game against Jacksonville last year, and I don't think I really understood I didn't, understood, I didn't understand the assignment. We're driving up there for our hits. It's probably 7 a.m. We talked to some fans who are already in a half-mile line. They say they've been there since 9 p.m. the day before to line up for tailgating for a day the next day. I wish I loved something <laughs> you, as much as some of the fans. You, you smell the barbecue cooking in there, and, and they've got this sign in their stadium that says the loudest stadium in, in, the, in the NFL, 142.2 decibels. You feel it. You literally feel it sometimes at the peak with their stadium. Helps they have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes to, to cheer for. But that experience is something that any every NFL fan should should get the taste. It's also where rookie quarterbacks' careers go to die. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ron. I went one for 15 in that place. It was a bad day. Yeah. Um, for me, um, speaking of Wimbledon, I've been to Wimbledon. Have you guys been to no. Wimbledon? No. Been to Wimbledon. It's amazing. I was. It was 2005. Roger Federer won. Before that, we were over and saw the French Open. It was Rafa's first win of what he's won 15 or something. So epic bucket list. For me, it's SoFi Stadium. How it was built built down into the ground. Oh, yeah. You're pulling up to the stadium from all over. You know, usually when you're pulling into places, you look for the giant magistrates of of all, and, and it's down. You don't know it's there, and it has to be because LAX traffic flies over the top of it all the time. And then any spot in that stadium to watch a National Football League game, it doesn't matter where you're sitting, you're going to be able to see a good uh, football game. So I am more of the optics of it, yeah. let's say. Uh, nostalgia, you talked about it, Green Bay, places like that. But for a fan who wants to watch the game, because I am I have the, the mindset of either I'm calling the game or I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to watch it. And I, I couldn't see myself sitting in the stands watching a football game anymore because of how close we've been to it and being on the field and everything like that. SoFi brings the closest for a fan. So if you have a chance to get to L.A., and because we have two teams out there, go. Take it in. Enjoy that atmosphere. That's a bucket list um, visitation for any NFL fan out there. So um, for me, uh, other than the stadium that I play in, which I think is one of the best stadiums <laughs> in the um, NFL, you know, but um, I think I always have fun playing in Seattle. Um, now called Lumen Field, um, I think the energy that those fans bring out there is, is so crazy. Like, I even feed off of it as an opponent, you know, going in there because they're so loud, they support their guys so hard, man. And I remember um, like back when, like, the Legion of Boom, like, the biggest thing, you know, just being, like, a fan of the game, they used to have it so, have rocking so loud. And as I became a pro and be able to go in there and compete, and uh, I'd play some really good games there in Seattle, just, I think it just bringing something out in me, you know what I'm saying? Just So, I mean, as a fan of the game, I think, 
to experience a game in Seattle is something a must a must do thing. You won there last year. Oh yeah, we won yeah. there. Oh yeah, yeah. Won there yeah. Last year. He, he said that with his chest. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, won had a nice closeout sack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> had to you know bring it on home. You yeah. feel me? Got that place to be quiet. Yeah, man. Nice. Thanks to yeah. the fans. You know, Grady. No. Let me ask you this briefly. Sorry yeah, if I can't, Jane. Um, is there a game that you look at your schedule? Every year, where you're like, man, those fans are ruthless on us. Like, um, you gotta say the Saints. Yeah, the Saints, man. The yeah, I mean, that's Saints. That's that, different. Without a doubt, I mean, that's that's gonna happen. You know, yeah. regardless, them Saints fans, they ain't no joke. But um, whenever we used to play Philly a lot, you uh, know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. my first earlier in my career, we played them a lot. Those fans are ruthless, man. They, they <laughs> <laughs> those Philly fans, ruthless, man. They, you know, they gonna get it to you every time, especially when we played them like in the playoffs, like. I forgot what it was, like, um, it's been a minute since, maybe 17, so okay. I've been on the team for a minute, so. Oh, uh, you'll be in the press box, and you'll see fans fighting each other. Oh, no, they real deal. Right below you. It's wild. Yeah, they real deal. They Shout real out deal. Colleen Wolf and James Palmer, massive Eagles fans. We've got two-time, two-time Pro Bowl defensive end Grady Jarrett here with us today. So it's time to talk all things defensive line in a segment called Fill in the Gaps. And, Grady, let's start with this. Aaron Donald is obviously a person who's considered the class of the position, but there are a whole bunch of other defensive linemen who yeah. don't get the love that they deserve. And so I'm going to tee you on this. Which current defensive lineman do you think deserves more respect? Um, so I think right now a current defensive lineman that deserves more respect, a guy for what the college with, played with, and he's doing a great job in the NFL since he's been in, is DJ Reader. Yes, go. Um, a lot of people, the, the people who know football, they know DJ. But I think for the casual fan, it may be tough because, you know, he's a nose in the inside, but I think he get more opportunities in the pass rush on third down. They put him in certain positions to go rush a little more. He could get that national notoriety because he's a player who's good enough to get to the, get to pro bowls, get to all pros. So this 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 one is near and dear to me, but I think he's a heck of a football player, very disruptive, and uh, he's a leader for his team as well. So uh, I think DJ Reader is somebody who's going to continue to grow um as a, a pro, and uh, the, I think as a more fans need to take take notice of DJ. I love that answer. The anchor in the middle. You yeah, watch yeah, those Bengals that. playoff games; yep. they run away as much as they can. Oh yeah, they know. The big they know, but they know. For the fans they need to know. But the people who coach against them, best believe they know. Nah, I love it. He's been yep. a very good player for a long time. My answer: I'm gonna give you two quick ones. Okay. I like veteran Titans defensive lineman Denico Autry. Oh, yeah. oh, He's yeah, a name yeah. that guys. People don't know a lot. Jeffrey Simmons is the star on that line. Another guy who's probably underrated as well. But Danico Autry playing that five technique position for them has 17 sacks over the last two years. The Titans had the number one run defense, one of the best run defenses in the last 10 years, actually. And Danico Autry was a big part of that. And so people need to know the name Danico Autry when you talk about Jeffrey Simmons. And the other guy is Panthers defensive tackle Derek Brown. This is a young fella. You talked about guys who don't get a lot of sacks. Brown only had one sack last year, but better believe that offensive lineman knew when he was on the field, you were going to have to do something with him. He's an anchor in the run game, and Ajiro Aviro is running this Panther scheme this year. I spent some time with him in camp. Watch out for Brown to do a little bit more in the pass rush game, and maybe that gets him on the radar of some players this year. Absolutely. And so, let's go to this. Let's go to history. We both had players growing up that we loved to watch on our TVs. So, which former defensive lineman was your favorite player? Um, Well, he he not on team right now, but so he's, I don't know if we call him former, but Dominican Sue. Okay. When he was with the Detroit Lions, cause me growing you know growing up that age, I was I was just watching the watching the um, watching whatever from far. But man, Dominican Sue when he was on the Lions, boy was was no joke. I got to play against. He was down in Tampa, obviously. Then with Miami, but I mean when he was when he was coming out, I mean dude was 
wrecking stuff, just physical. I mean, even from all the controversy, I mean, he was entertaining. Stop it on guys. I think people forget how dominant he was. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so growing up, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about growing up, but I was playing, but, but I think just to, let's remind people how dominant he was. Mine was uh, Dwight Freeney okay. growing up. Uh, people remember how, how that Peyton Manning-led okay. offense was so great. Dwight Freeney was on the other side. His first four years, he had 51 sacks, came in a league dominant. And that yeah. spin move is what I remember Dwight Freeney for. It's yeah. so patented. I remember playing high school ball. You saw the defensive lineman oh, trying yeah. to do the spin move, and they yep. get pushed to the ground. <laughs> Nobody could do it quite like Dwight. No, sir. <laughs>what else is he supposed to say to that question, right, guys, <laughs> yeah. when you get asked that? And it wouldn't be NFL media if it wasn't early July. We weren't talking about the Cowboys and expectations for Dak Prescott. But there are sort of some lofty expectations now because I think we're now going to get a sense of what is this offense in the absence of Kellen Moore. You know, he was their OC. Now they've got Mike McCarthy calling plays who hasn't done it in a bit. I sort of joked with him at Combine, Ryan, because maybe you can weigh in on this a little bit. I said, is it like riding a bike? In other words, are you in the shower sort of going through plays because he hasn't done it in so long? And for people that, I know when I got into this business, the nuance that goes into calling some of these plays, particularly when you're implementing what they say is a new system. Dak told me it's more of what they call the Texas coast. There's going to be elements we haven't seen before, which I find 
hard to believe in the NFL. But how hard is that for Mike to sort of get back in that seat and connect with Dak on that level with his playbook? Well, I, he's involved all week long in the game planning with Kellen Moore. He has been for the last few years. He's, he's felt that urge. He's wanted to get back into the mix. But Kellen Moore got scapegoated a bit mm. in Dallas last year. And don't forget, as he was being let go from Dallas, he was interviewing for head coaching jobs around the NFL, people, okay? When he landed in Los Angeles, I jumped for joy. Justin Herbert is going to have Kellen Moore now, and they cannot blame him in Dallas. This is firmly at the feet of Mike McCarthy. The defense has improved greatly under Dan Quinn. There's a reason why Dan Quinn didn't go get a head coaching job, because guess what? If this doesn't play out really well for Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn could be sliding into that spot a year from now. And that puts a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott as well. They have to perform this year. They have to vie for a championship. And we say this every single year, but yeah, they're running out of time. They just are. You look for windows. You always look for these windows. And when you don't have Joe Burrow when the window is always open, Dak Prescott, that window's gently closing and you have to be there to try to keep it open, and this is definitely the year because it's Mike McCarthy's coaching for his job, essentially, by being the new play caller in Dallas. Well, and the window starts closing, Ryan, right, when you've got a quarterback who's making franchise money. I mean, we've seen this in so many different places. It's hard to pay supporting pieces around them when you are paying the guy, and it's not a knock on deck. That's the market, but it also tells you they talk about pieces of the pie. You sort of run out of some of the pieces of the pie. When you're looking at this game and the Cowboys – Who do you think that this thing sort of weighs heavier on? Is it Dak this year or is it Mike? Jay, every year we talk about the Cowboys. I know. It's the same same thing. It's the Cowboys year. This year they're going to do it. This year they're going to get past that, that, that step. And I think at some point it doesn't need to be the offensive coordinator. It doesn't need to be the head coach. It's got to be the quarterback. You know, I like Dak. I think that he's a really good player. But at some point, you got to look at how do you play when it counts the most. This team has been a top four offense the last two seasons in the regular season, scoring nearly 30 points uh, uh, in the regular season. The playoffs, though, have been a different story. And let's take a look at just the the drastic difference of what this team has looked like. And I still remember how the last two seasons have ended for the Cowboys, scoring 17 points and 12 points and losses to the 49ers in back-to-back seasons. I know that's a very good defense. But if I have a quarterback who is my franchise guy, who I'm paying all this money, he's got to show up in the playoffs. And we saw that graphic a bit ago about the, the records in the divisional round of the playoffs. You've had it with Tony Romo and now with Dak Prescott. This Cowboys team has not made the Super Bowl since 1995. I was two. Grady, I think you were two as well. It's been a long time since this happened. And so, yes, if, if there's not a sense of urgency now, then I don't know when there will be. Jane, you made a great point. We're talking about Dak and a potential extension. He's a guy who takes up a lot of the salary cap. With the quarterback position, with the quarterback pay, comes the quarterback pressure. And so, absolutely, and to me, it's on Dak number one more than anyone else. You know, it's interesting, Grady, and I love that you're here to sort of weigh in on this. You know, Mike talked about the fact that this Cowboys offense was top five. He doesn't necessarily want a top five offense. He wants middle of the pack. That's fine with him. And he thinks that you can get it done with the defense. Here's the problem with that, I think. Isn't that a bad look for Dak if you're paying him that sort of money and you're looking at teams like the 49ers who are able to get you to deep into the playoffs with a guy like Brock? I mean, they inserted how many different guys for the 49ers last year? And so... It's not so much that it's a necessarily, but but the pressure turns up for Dak. Mm -hmm. But if you've got a good defense, can the Cowboys be successful if Dak has a year like he had last year and struggles with the interceptions and struggles with some of the chemistry? And let's not forget, you aren't going to have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard's coming back from injury. And although all the reports are great, 
you don't know what you're getting. I think there's a lot more questions about the Cowboys than there are answers as we head into this particular camp. Yeah, I think, I mean, a quarterback best friend got to be a good defense, you know. But at the same time, I don't think that means that they try to pull back on the, how successful they try to be on offense. I think whenever somebody go out on the field, they want to put their best foot forward and, uh, you know, let the chips fall where they may as far as where they wait in the top or middle of the pack. But, I mean, being a defensive player, you always want to go out there and support your quarterback, try to give them the ball back as many times as you can so they can try to put some points on the board. So if you get caught up in all that, you know, like just the rankings and all that, I think every time you go on the field, just go out there and do your best and let the rest take care of itself. But like you say, being in a place like Dallas is where there's always high expectations, which, you know, just being a football player because they got, you know, friends that's passionate about them year in and year out. So, you know, they always want to do put their best foot forward. And always a heck of a team to compete against as well. So um, I'm sure they got the pressure turned up for whatever it is. NFL Films never gave the Cowboys uh they put a lot of weight on him when they assigned them America's team back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's where some of the lofty expectations come from. But you know this firsthand. You've been in Dallas. How hard is it? And when you look at this team, why haven't they been able to get it together? Because in years, we've seen a dynamic offense. Defense has been down here. Then we've seen lately dynamic defense. And the off- they just they can't seem to get it all together. And then they finally move on and they go and get a Super Bowl winning coach. And they've gotten you to the postseason, but then you've exited the postseason the way they have in the last two years. Yeah, I mean, it's maddening I'm, covering it, Ryan. I, I can only imagine, especially for Jerry Jones. I will say this. I grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan my whole life. And the, the thing we hated the most was that star. But once you put it on your head and you walk out into that stadium in front of those fans, everything else kind of melts away. You don't really hear from the nation. You really feel Dallas and what you want. And, of course, everybody there wants to win a championship. Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones the most. I don't think... You know, you heard Jerry Jones kind of poke fun at Mike McCarthy and say, hey, we've drafted well. Well, you haven't negotiated contracts well, Mm -hmm. and that's been a big part of it. Your salary cap has been messed up in a way that you've had to formulate some different things, and when you finally get to a place, you've always seemed to run into a buzzsaw. And right now it's been the San Francisco 49ers and what they've done defensively. And I think Mike McCarthy, to your point, offensively, they're going to run the ball more, so you might see more balance. You might see less chance-taking by Dak Prescott which means you're limiting those interceptions looks. So I think that brings a more of a balance to a team that has maybe one of the best defenses in all of football uh, under Dan Quinn. So I'm excited. I, you know, we have not seen a team repeat in the NFC East since like 2003, which was it's Philadelphia. Division, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the opportunity for Dallas to step up and do it again. Say, hey, we're not, we're going to be the division champion. That will go a long way. Being able to host a playoff game, I think that would be a big first step for this team and Dak Prescott. But there is a lot of expectation. As much expectation as you think that the Dallas Cowboys hold, this year even holds more because it's laid at the feet of Mike McCarthy, who's taking pretty much the, uh, control of all the reins when it comes to head coach and offense play caller. Absolutely. When you talk about chemistry, Ryan, as a quarterback, how important is that offensive line? Because just covering this team, you know, people ask me all the time, what's going on with them? Why can't they put it together? For me, it felt like when Travis Frederick stepped away, he had Guillain Bear syndrome, and then he comes back, and then he retired. Zach Martin has really been the only stalwart on that line. And I think they had six or seven different offensive line combinations last year. As a quarterback, do you find yourself doing a little bit too much of the line of scrimmage? And could that be why there was some lack of 
of chemistry sometimes with the wide receivers when you're calling out plays? I mean, when you know you may have something deficient on the offensive line, you may try to move some things around when you usually have some camaraderie with the five guys. That, that My best play as a quarterback was when I had the same five guys in front of me at all times mm. because they were working as a cohesive unit. I didn't have to worry about anybody or maybe stop gapping something here by moving a protection to the left. Uh, they they communicated themselves. So, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big part of it because as a quarterback, you know exactly what's going on with every position. So you try to compensate. And maybe when you overcompensate, you forget about a backside safety or you forget about a linebacker that's scraping across that comes out of your blind side that picks him off because Dak is not an interception guy. He doesn't throw a lot of no. them. And to see that play out last year in that fashion, you were surprised. So maybe he was trying to compensate or overcompensate for some things that he wasn't necessarily in need to do. And, and you know, Kellen, Kellen Moore always tries to, to eliminate things. He wants you to walk up to the line of scrimmage, see what you're doing, and go do it. That's why I think Justin Herbert's going to have a heck of a football season. But Dak just, for whatever reason, and I don't know if Mike McCarthy started to kind of get in more of a mix late in the year because he just tried and he pressured himself a little too much. But don't forget, people. He may have looked as good as anybody in that wild card game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay? That just shows you what he was capable of doing, uh, you know, before running into one of the best defenses in all of football. That's going to be the big test. Well, I want to ask you this, too. Were you there for the game where it was it was almost meme-worthy when Dak had it was like six sacks against the Falcons? Oh, yeah. It was the first time we saw the breakdown of the offensive line. How easy is it to get to a quarterback like Dak when there is so much rotation, and particularly young guys? Like, I love that they've gone to the position flex thing mm-hmm. because because they've had to with some of the injuries, but as a, def- a veteran defensive lineman, how easy is it to exploit that? You know, the toughest thing is when you go against offensive linemen that's been together for a long time and they, they know each other like the back of their hand. You know, I remember that game, they was down one of the best offensive linemen in the game, has seen the last decade, Tyron Smith. And um, we exposed that Adrian Claiborne went out there, had a great, um, great game, like six sacks, which is something like, you know, it was um, insane. Um, unbelievable. But to be a part of it, it just shows you how important a good offensive lineman is and how it throws off everybody if, you know, the one major piece kind of not there. And uh, so I know as a defensive lineman, if you know, if you got one of the stalwarts of the line down, it, I mean, it is kind of like a feeding frenzy almost. You, you, you get excited because especially if like the center, like, the, I mean, first of all, you don't want nobody to go down. But if, it, if they happen to not be there, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, all right, well, we got an opportunity here. We got an opportunity there. And like you said, the quarterbacks do try to switch and um, help them in protection. So you kind of know where they might the slide and stuff may go on depending on who's in the game or not. Yeah, I think the biggest question, at least I'm going to be uh, keeping an eye on for a lot of people that follow the Cowboys is where is Tyron Smith going to line up this year? Are yeah. they going to mo- keep him over the right? Or are they going to move him back to left? Because Tyler Smith did such a good job last year and they sort of had to have Tyron at right. So a lot of questions as they figure out that offensive line that uh, next year and maybe that'll help out Dak a little bit. All right, still to come on Good Morning Football. How confident are we that the Broncos will have a bounce back year in 2023? They want in a Broncos segment. Look we how go. reactionary we are. You want it, you got it. You're going to get right at some point. One day. Yeah. One time. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 